oh my gosh, you guys, today I did the thing that I thought I'd be dreading for years, but it turned out to be like this weird bag of mixed emotions. I dropped my two boys, one's in preschool, one's in kindergarten. I dropped them off for their first day of real live school. It was the weirdest feeling. I mean, I've thought about this day for, well, the last six years. You know, (laughs) I thought about how they're going to transition from being under my wing to the real world. And I know kindergarten and preschool are not the real world, but (laughs) in my, in my little mama heart, like this is the first step in getting them there. It's also exciting because they're starting to step into the world. They're going to start to become their own person. And while part of me is really excited, there's a part of me that gets really nervous about that because in my line of work, I work with a lot of teenagers and I see how when we start that path to self-discovery, it can be really sketchy. It can be on rocky waters. And if they don't have the support and guidance they need to become the best version of themselves, the next generation is up against a lot. I cannot imagine growing up in today's world with social media and the pressure that comes along with that, especially in the realm of body image and food and exercise and a relationship with all of the above. I am super stoked for today's topic, which is how do we talk to the next generation about food, body, exercise? How do we help them feel empowered in their bodies? How do we help them feel like their bodies are trustworthy and good no matter what they look like? How can we build a generation that views their body as an instrument, not a superficial ornament? Guys, this is a topic I am super, super passionate about, and I think it is deeply important that we work hard to give body empowerment to the next generation. So whether you are a parent to young kids like me dropping them off in kindergarten and preschool for the first time or teenagers or you don't have kids, I think we all play a very crucial role in empowering the next generation because no matter where you fall in the kid category, you impact the next generation. What we do And how we interact with people at our jobs, on social media, how we present ourselves. I mean, all of these things impact the next generation. How we talk about, I can't tell you how many times I've been working with a teenage athlete and their eating disorder starter box came from a off-the-cuff conversation with an adult they look up to who was talking about the latest diet they were on. I mean, they are, the younger generation is listening. They are watching and we have got to be super intentional with what we say about body, food, and exercise, but more specifically, what we do with it ourselves. So super excited for this today, guys. I'm mostly excited because I have a little clip of an interview with my son. I know I'm totally biased, but I think he's the cutest thing in the whole entire world. So lots of good stuff in store for you guys today. What's up, friends? Welcome to the Fuel Her Awesome podcast. It's time to finally break up with dieting and choose to live boldly and unapologetically in that bodacious body of yours. If you've had enough of your inner awesome being eclipsed by body hate and you're drowning in that sea of nutrition info out there, girl, I made this podcast for you. Become the healthiest and most energized version of yourself through confidence, food freedom, faith, and body empowerment from science-backed nutrition and energizing foods with a little wiggle room. Because... 
who doesn't want a side of donuts and a little wine does the body good? <laughs> I'm Jess, a body bully warrior, registered dietitian, and food freedom guru. I believe that when we stop letting culture define health, beauty, and what we should and shouldn't eat, we can finally live free in our own bodies. Are you ready to channel your inner awesome at a whole nother level? Grab a cup of coffee or lace up those running shoes and let's dive in to today's show. Ladies, today I am speaking to you as a dietitian, always. <laughs> I can't help it. But I'm also speaking to you as a mom. I look at my boys and one of my greatest wishes for them is to have a better experience with food and body than I did. And I want that for them. I want that for their friends. I want that for their girlfriends. I'm also speaking to you guys today as a teenager that struggled with this. I was one of those girls that I had great guidance at home, but I you know, wanted to, I think it's natural. Young women want to feel beautiful. And I wasn't quite sure how to go about that. And so I turned to things that didn't help me. They didn't bring out the healthiest version of me. It brought out a disordered and distorted body image. I'm talking to you as a 20 something that sought after this healthy relationship with food and body so strongly that I actually ended up building a career out of it. And as a 30 something who going into my 40s, it's you know, once you get past eating disorders and body image stuff, then there's aging. So like as a female, there's always something that we're working on. These principles that I'm going to go over today, these are three things that we can all do to not only help ourselves continue to build a healthier relationship with our own body and food and exercise, but also how we can really empower the next generation to be the healthiest version of themselves. Because really, if I could give anything to the next generation, it would be that their health is their platform, that that is what they jump off of and gives them energy, gives them confidence to be the best version of themselves rather than their appearance being what limits them in their confidence and their abilities. And I want that so badly because not only do I see that in all the teenagers that I work with on a regular basis, gosh, if I had a dollar for every teenager I worked with that I like just wanted to shake and say, you are so freaking amazing. If you could just see that and be you. Ugh. But I was also one of those teenagers and one of those people that fell into that insecure space and it limited my confidence in myself. Um, I mean, guys, I went through an entire four-year degree. So my first degree is actually in biology. And I had dreams of becoming a physician's assistant, but during that time in my life, I was so just insecure in my body and who I was that I was not able to pursue that passion because I didn't think I was capable of it. And being completely honest, a lot of it had to do with my appearance, which is crazy. Like you don't need to look a certain way to be a PA, <laughs> but for some reason I lacked confidence in my appearance and that bled onto my academic potential and career path. Okay, so Principle number one, what we can do to really build up the next generation, talk to our kids about this, is embrace the dynamic nature of our bodies. I think our culture tells us that if our body changes, it's that way forever and you need to do something immediately. And that's just not the way it is. In fact, most female bodies fluctuate in body weight five to seven pounds a day. So if you weighed yourself multiple times throughout the day, you could see a change between five and seven pounds. And that's actually more dynamic in our PMS week, the week before our period. Once upon a time I did this and I graphed my weight over the course of a day, 
several times. And I graphed it like before I ate, after I ate, after I drank a bottle of water, after I peed, after I went to the bathroom. I mean, I got every weight you could think of. And it was really cool to see. And I presented it to a group of women. And it was really cool to see their reactions because we put so much emphasis on like that one number, but we forget how dynamic in nature it is and how easily impacted it is by the things we take in throughout the day. So one of my classic examples is if I drink an eight ounce bottle of water and I get on the scale and I weigh about eight ounces more, does that mean I gained eight ounces? And it's like, if I'm looking at that one data point, I might think so. But in reality, no, it just means that matter, that water is taking up space now in my body and being measured within my body. And so I think embracing this idea of our body is flexible and it's impacted by what's going on throughout the day, by what we're wearing, by what's the even the weather. I mean, when it's rainy outside, the barometric pressure shifts and you can actually weigh a little bit more. And even beyond the day-to-day fluctuations, we have the week-to-week changes. I mentioned earlier the female hormonal cycle. Yeah, that plays a big role in how much water we carry, how quickly we're digesting our food, even our hunger hormones and our metabolism shifts. And so we may be hungrier and be taking in more matter as opposed to the weeks we're not quite as hungry. And I think we have to embrace this. I mean, to not embrace it is just to set us up to quite honestly, drive ourselves insane (laughs) because there's so much that impacts it. Beyond the biological changes that are going on, we also have life. In the game of life, life always wins. And we have weeks where we, you know, eat very intentionally. We eat in alignment with what our body needs. And then we have weekends where we go on vacation or we go out to eat. We go to happy hour and we're doing things that aren't our normal. And when we do that, Not only does it change how much food we're taking in, it changes how much water we're holding on to. Yes, sometimes there is an increase in fat storage, but the thing about fat cells is they are very much like, um, I think of them kind of like rechargeable batteries. They're intended to hold energy for us during times that we may not have energy accessible to the body, like when you're sleeping. If we're eating extra food on any given night, those rechargeable batteries might recharge. They might charge up quite a bit. And then who's to say the next week we might not eat as much or we might go on a week where we're not as hungry or we're busier and those batteries then release some of that energy that they've been holding on to. And then even if what some people feel is like their biggest fear, if those fat cells retain extra energy and then grow and then proliferate, which is how we gain fat mass, Even if that happens, there's nothing permanent about that. There is a dynamic nature in that. And giving both ourselves and our kids and the next generation the permission to understand that we can be dynamic and we don't have to expect our bodies to be the exact same every day, there's a lot of freedom in that. The impact of being made to view body changes as problematic is really challenging to overcome later in life. If we can learn to embrace these changes as information as opposed to problems, it really helps us to further that intuitive eating progression. Because if we can see our body changing in response to a certain pattern and see that as information, we can then decide how we want to change or if we want to change that behavior that caused that change in the first place. Rather than saying, this is a problem, I don't care whether you want to change it or not. This change is a problem. That's a totally different story. So embracing the dynamic nature of our bodies and then taking that just a step farther is this idea of embracing 
body diversity and like decreasing our fear of fat. Because at the biological level, no body is alike. Everybody's body is genetically different. We have different stories. We have different resources. We have different lifestyles. We have different values. So to think that everybody's body is going to be the same is crazy, (laughs) Um, but also unrealistic. So you can do this in how you can embrace body diversity in the way we talk about other people's bodies. So if you see someone at the store that is in a larger body, instead of making a comment about that person, why not just say hi? The way we talk about other people's bodies, especially individuals in larger bodies, if we were to replace that with someone of color, someone of a certain socioeconomic status, or a gender, we would be accused of racism, sexism. I mean, it would be. So why would us making assumptions about somebody's body size be any less harsh or less offensive? When I talk about this, I do get a lot of pushback. Like, Jess, how can you say someone in a larger body is healthy? Guys, I'm not saying, I'm not insinuating anything about health status based on a body size. What I am saying is you cannot determine a person's health or value based on their body size. And really, it's not our job. Unless you're sitting down with that person and you know them on a personal level and they have invited you into their life to support them, it's really not our job to have a judgment about someone else's body size. And when we put that out there, judgments about other body sizes, we are putting that on the next generation, letting them know there is a right and wrong body to have. If you guys have seen This Is Us, you know how amazing of a show it is. But if you haven't seen it, It's basically about a family, and in this family, there are three children. Two are biological twins. One is adopted. But the biological twins, there's a male who is super good looking, Um, and then there's a female who is in a larger body. And I really love how they embrace her story in this. They, They show this woman, and they talk a lot about her struggles with weight loss. They tell her story about how she got to the body she was in. One, she was genetically predisposed to be that way. And then two, her father passed away when she was a senior in high school. She was in an abusive relationship, and she found comfort in food. And over time, this resulted in her living in a larger body. What's cool about this show is they talk about her struggles, But they also show that she lives a very normal life. She's healthy. She has a baby. She's married. She's deeply in love. And one of my favorite scenes throughout the entire show is she's with her mom and they're at a hotel and the mom wants to go uh, swimming. And of course, the female is just mortified. She doesn't want to put a swimsuit on. She's like, mom, look at me. I don't want to go put a swimsuit on. And the mom at first kind of starts to coddle her. She's resistant doesn't want to and then finally the mom comes in and says Kate her name's Kate Kate you're fat I'm old let's go and I love it she like embraces this is what we are why is that bad and gosh it was just a really moving moment and I love that was that was on primetime tv and I think that is something that if we can bring into our homes uh, into our schools into our conversations with the younger generation we are going to be doing them such a service because we are letting them know you are more than what you look like and there is safety 
and imperfections or what our culture deems as imperfections. Okay, so that's number one. Embrace the dynamic nature of our bodies. Embrace body diversity. And let's start to work on our fat phobia, start to decrease our fear of, of body fat. So second thing we can do is replace weight loss goals with health gain goals. I've had a lot of parents, well, just a lot of people kind of coming up and saying, Jazz, we've been quarantined for the year and put on some weight or my kids put on some weight. What do I do? We got to get this off. And while I hear that, because I am also one of those people, (laughs) when we put our focus on weight loss, I think we're setting ourselves up. Rather, if we shift focus to health gain goals, we're really creating space for behavior change based on benefits over shame. What's really cool about this is it opens up doors for education and it teaches both ourselves and our kids to trust their bodies as opposed to distrusting their bodies. Because if I set a goal for weight loss, like if I say, okay, my goal is to lose five pounds in the next two weeks, that may or may not happen. I mean, there's so much that plays into that. But if I set my goal to move three times a week, or if I set my goal to have two fruits a day, that's something that I have direct control over and I can make happen and it empowers me. Now, I might have a five pound weight loss as a result, but again, the focus is empowerment based. All right, the last thing I have for you ladies today is this idea of giving permission to the next generation to enjoy food. Food is connection. I think food is the sixth love language. It is something that is meant to be enjoyed. Voltaire said that if God did not make eating pleasurable, it would be the most exhausting task we ever did. I believe there is a reason we find pleasure in eating. And there's a lot to be said in giving ourselves space and permission to feel that pleasure, feel that joy. So to demonstrate this to you guys, I've got a quick little interview with my son. I know I'm biased, but I think he is the cutest thing on the planet. So I hope you guys enjoy. Well, good morning. Hi, my name is Bruin. Are you ready to do a podcast with me? Yep, but before we start it, we are going to introduce a joke. You're going to start us with a joke. Uh-huh. I love it. What's okay. your joke? Okay, so why did the cow cross the road? I don't know why. Because it wanted to move it <laughs> out of here. <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. You have another one, don't you? What's a cow with no legs? I don't know. Ground beef. Ground. <laughs> You're so funny. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to ask you some questions about nutrition today. How does that sound? Good. Okay, so first of all, Bruin, how old are you? Six. What's your favorite food? Grapes. Grapes? Because they are delicious and they are fruit. And they're fruit. What does fruit do for your body? Helps you grow. It does. Do you know anything else that helps you grow? Vegetables. Do you eat vegetables? Nah. (laughs) Do you think you'll ever eat vegetables? Maybe soon. You think so? Mm -hmm. Your mama loves to talk about food, don't I? Mm-hmm. What do you hear your mama say about food? Mm, that it's healthy. Mm-hmm. What does it do for you? It helps your body grow. That's right. Well, I want you to grow so big and strong. Mm-hmm. I guess not always, huh? What do I say to you? I want you to stay a little boy forever. <laughs> I tell you to stop growing, huh? Yep. <laughs> okay, so tell me what you think about candy. It's pretty good, but I won't eat it all the time. You're lying. You're lying. (laughs) Tell me the truth. I would. You do, right? You love it. Yeah. But not as much as the grapes. Oh, really? You love grapes more? 
What do you know about carbohydrates? They give you energy to run. That's right. And what do you know about protein? It gets you strong muscles. That's exactly right. And what do you know about fats? Do you know anything about fat? Mm, it's healthy for you. Like butter's fat. What else do you want to talk about today? Mm, maybe we could talk about how many times I eat vitamins and drink little juice every day. Oh, that's a great idea. Okay, so how many times do you have vitamins every day? One. One time a day. And it, what, what's little juice? Because not everyone knows what little juice is. It's probiotic. And I drink it, and I drink one every single morning. Huh? What you call it your kid coffee? Yep. <laughs> also, hot cocoa is my kid coffee. That's delicious. We like to drink that together in the hot tub, huh? Yep. Okay, let's see. What else do you do that's really healthy? I eat chicken every day for lunch. Oh, you do. I love your chicken. I like to eat chicken with you. Yep. And and instead of dinosaur chicken, I found a healthier one. Oh, it's you. It's in a queen bag. You're squirming a lot. Do you need to pee? Yes, before we talk about this again, I will first go to the bathroom. Okay. Okay, I'm glad you got to go to the bathroom. Yep. So there's something really important that we talk about when you go pee, right? Mm-hmm. What is that? You have to drink water. I know. And then you guys get really excited when your pee is clear, huh? Mm-hmm. Do you know what that's called? What? Biofeedback. No. Can you say biofeedback? Biofeedback. Yeah. Okay, there was something else you said you wanted to talk about. Our daddy's burgers. Oh, tell me what you like about your daddy's burgers. They're really delicious and they're made out of cow meat or pig meat. What's so amazing about these burgers? That there's meat and they're kind of healthy. Tell me a little bit about like when we actually sit down and have these burgers. It's like really good and my tongue wants to take more tastes of it. <laughs> I think so too. My favorite is how we sit together as a family. We have yep. family dinner rocks. Mm-hmm. And I like the prayers. Say thank you for our food. Yeah. That's a pretty good time, huh? Mm-hmm. Anything else we're forgetting to talk about with Daddy's Burgers? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you remember what his secret ingredient is? All right. The love. <laughs> the love. <laughs> that is. That's the most important ingredient, don't you think? Yep. <laughs> Anything else you want to tell everyone about nutrition today? Um... That vitamins are really healthy. We have four every single day after breakfast. And how did the vitamins make you feel? Good. Anything else you want to tell everyone? Um, I like my, I like how I learn a lot in school. Like that um, Groundhog Day was pretty cool. February 2nd. The Groundhog had a name and I don't remember what it was, but um, he tested the weather and if he saw his shadow, six more weeks of winter. Oh my gosh. What do you think about winter? Not that good. <laughs> uh -huh, just I can't wait for the summer because then the flowers bloom. It's going to be Easter. Oh, yeah. And we get tons of candy. <laughs> See, I knew candy, you liked candy. Candy, candy. <laughs> I knew you liked candy. You were fibbing before. <laughs> what do you love about candy? It's really good. What happens when you have lots of it? Our teeth can't rot. <laughs> That's part of it, but you go bonkers, huh? Yep. <laughs> okay, this podcast is now over. Bye-bye. You don't want to end it with any jokes? Oh, yes. One more joke. Okay, what's the last joke? Why did the... What did the farmer say to the pumpkin? What? Why aren't you orange, Orm? Because <laughs> his name is Orange. <laughs> but he's green. <laughs> That's 
jokes. I love you. Love you. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Probably not because I'm super biased and I'm his number one fan. So this week was really all about how to talk to your kids about body empowerment and giving yourself permission to experience changes in your body, celebrating body diversity. Next week, be sure to tune in because I'm going to be talking about how to talk to your kids about being healthy and building those healthy habits from the beginning, from the get-go. Cannot wait for it. Hope you guys have an awesome week. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope today strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you're interested in working with me virtually, please shoot me an email at jessbrownrd at gmail.com so I can send over my coaching from you. And if you liked today's episode, please take a minute to head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, to leave a review and subscribe. Ladies, can you imagine how much better our world would be if women everywhere were free from diet culture and misguided nutrition advice and had the ability to step into their full potential? Wow. If you have a girlfriend in mind that you know is amazing, but she's held back by food, body, or diet culture hangups, please join the mission and share this episode on your social media or with your friends. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. I cannot wait to chat with you babes next time. Until then, cheers and happy eating.